Hi, it's Pete Norstead here and welcome to another Trade on Sports and Focused on Football Premier League betting podcast. As usual, I'm joined by Jimmy Kempton on this uh, uh, Tuesday morning, isn't it? It's Tuesday, isn't it? <laughs> Early Tuesday morning. And as usual, I'm joined by Jimmy Kempton. How are you doing, Jimmy? Excellent. Thank you, Pete. I've just noticed something, my darling. It's Valentine's Day. Is this why you were so keen to spend half an hour with me today? <laughs> Yeah, well, we've got the what is it? It's the, well, it's the big game tomorrow, isn't it? And uh, so we thought we'd get this extra game in. Definitely, a must-cover game for us. It could, uh, it could decide the title. I think either way. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll 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 start on it then. It's uh, you know Arsenal Manchester City at uh, the Emirates. Recent head-to-heads: Arsenal have won one. There's been one draw. Man City have won five. The, the line is plus a quarter, which I was a little bit surprised at, really. And when you look at the plus a quarter, Arsenal are favourites, you know, good, solid favourites on that plus a quarter. Uh, when plus a quarter goal, Arsenal's record reads 1-1, one, one, drawn 2, lost 2, caught for one old draw um, at home to Brentford. Obviously, that's a two points drop there for Arsenal there. Man City, um, when they're minus a quarter, they've won 2, drawn 2, lost 3. So not a great record, really, coming off a 3-1 victory at home to Villa. Arsenal, they've just lost one of their last 15 matches, um, plus a quarter of a goal, 303 matches, 91 home, 83 half wins and 129 losses. So roughly that's 131, 129. It's very, very close there. My ratings are suggesting some good value Manchester City and you know, they look a reasonable bet there at minus a quarter of a goal. Well, they've won the last 10 straight meetings of the side. So you have to think, even given the marked improvement that the Gunners have made, what what's going to make this game any different? And recent momentum has, has kind of turned in City's favour. Now, we saw Arteta raging at the controversial VAR decision at the weekend against Brentford. You could say, is he cracking under the pressure? Or is it more a case of trying to create a siege mentality that everybody's against Arsenal? But ironically, I kind of sensed we were seeing the same sort of tactics from Pep Guardiola ahead of that game against Villa. I watched his press conference last Friday afternoon, Pete. I don't know if you saw it. Um, And he came out pretty much on the front foot against the authorities, saying, you know, they'll be fully cleared of all these financial impropriety, you know, accusations. And it it almost felt like typical old school Mourinho. Everybody hates us. So I was a little surprised when I saw this line open up scratch, I have to admit. And Man City were heavy favourites on that. And now money has come for City or, or maybe against Arsenal. Who knows, really? Um, and City are now the sort of the favourites to win the game. Until I see it, Pete, until I see Arsenal get a result against Man City, I can't trust them to get one. So, I'm not going to be betting this game. I'm certainly going to have my feet up, though, Pete, in front of the telly watching it. I think it's going to be a cracking game. Um, And I just lean to the away side. Yeah, I mean, you can bat the away side just shy of 1.8 off scratch. That's not a bad bet, is it? I think it's a very good game, a very good bet. And as I say, in terms of... I genuinely think whoever wins this game will probably win the title if there is a winner because I think if Man City win the momentum shift will be so huge that eight point gap will have gone and then all of a sudden all those doubts and thoughts will creep into the Arsenal players heads bearing in mind I think we have to admit they still only probably have a a real first team squad of about 13 players Arsenal 
and there's a long way to go. But if Arsenal do get the win, all of a sudden they'll be energised and they can, you know, they'll have a six-point lead with a game in hand. I think Arsenal might win the title, Pete, if they win tomorrow night, but yeah. I don't think they will. Um, also, the beauty of the 7.30 kickoff is as soon as the game ends, you could re- be in recording Love Island and skip the uh, adverts. Do you, know, do you know what, Peter? I have not watched this Love Island series since episode one. It's just <laughs> gone completely under my radar. I've not talked about it, even though I have a, a, a Love Island group, chat group, set up with my mates from the cricket club. I've not partaked in it. Apologies. <laughs> not, I, I love the last one with a bit of winter sun, but I've got too much on, Peter. Right, Villa, Arsenal, next game. Now, again, I, I think this is a tough game as well. You know, they, well, tough couple of games for Arsenal, really. Uh, recent head-to-heads, Villa have 1-2, Arsenal have 1-2. The line is plus three quarters. Villa went plus three quarters, poor record. One naught drawn, one lost nine. Seven of the nine were by two or more goals and a cut off the 3-1 defeat to White Man City. Arsenal, obviously, will be playing Manchester City tomorrow night. When they're minus uh, three quarters, one three drawn four, lost three. Not great, really. And only one of the three were by two or more goals. Plus three quarters of a goal, 130 matches, uh, 61 home, 52 half losses, 67 losses. So the, the lead is certainly to the away side, uh, uh, minus three quarters. But however, again, my, my ratings are suggesting good value Villa. And I, I think this is going to be a tough week for Arsenal. Yeah, I think no matter what happens on uh, Wednesday night, this is this is going to be a tough game and probably one where I wouldn't want to be back in Arsenal minus a half, say, even if they do get the result on Wednesday night. Now, there's no way I really want to be making a bet in this game until I know the outcome of that City-Arsenal game at the Emirates. Now, you will probably get a worse price depending on what you want to bet, um, but I do think that result knowledge is, is important for the mindsets. Now, Villa have impressed me a lot under Unai Emery, and this is a hugely difficult game for Arsenal at Villa Park, as I'm sure their ex-boss will be desperate to get one over the Gooners, and they've performed well for him. Villa score goals, Pete, and I think this ground's going to be bouncing um, at the weekend. They're going to be behind their team, behind their manager, and I actually quite like the yes on both teams to score, Pete, in this game at 10 to 11. No matter what happens Wednesday night, I think it's going to be an open and entertaining game this Saturday lunchtime. So, yeah, take the yes on both teams to score would be my suggestion in this one. Uh, Brentford Palace uh, next. Um... Recent head-to-heads, there was, there was a draw last season. Uh, the handicap is minus a half. When minus half, Brentford's record reads one naught drawn, one lost naught, coming off a one-all draw away at Arsenal. Palace, when they're plus half a goal, not brilliant really. One-two drawn, three lost five, coming off a one-all draw at home to Brighton. Uh, Brentford unbeaten in ten now, and Palace have not won in six. You know, Brentford really doing very well. Minus half a goal, 269 uh, matches, 125 home, 145 or uh, so. 144 away. No value in the line, my racing suggests, but that just goes to show you really probably how good Brentford are. Yeah, I mean, all three meetings of the sides in Premier League action have ended all square. There's only been two total goals and they both came in the 1-1 draw that occurred at Sellers Park earlier this season. Under Patrick Vieira, Palace have gone an overall 6, 10 and 13 on their travel. So they've avoided defeat in 16 of the 29 games. Seven 
of those losses, so seven of the 13 games they suffered defeating, came against sides that you consider to be top six quality. You know, your, your likes of your Liverpools and your Man Cities and your Arsenals and your Man Uniteds. So they don't often lose in this kind of spot against the, a non-elite side, should we say. However, they don't win many games either. So I think if you're looking to find a way to support Palace in this game, you might actually just be better off back in the draw outright because there's not huge amounts of data to suggest that they're going to be able to get a win away to an informed Brentford side. And the one thing that would stop me from backing Palace is just the sheer differential in the goal-scoring threat. Brentford have scored 36 goals this season. Palace have scored just 20. So, you know, Pete, that's suggesting to me that it's going to be difficult for Palace to get a result from this game. I'm not sure I want to take Brentford minus a half against a resilient Palace team, but I don't think I can back Palace here in this spot. Crikey, never thought I'd be hearing myself say yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't yeah, take Palace yeah. plus half a goal against a non-elite team, but I, yes. I just can't, mate. Brighton, Fulham next. Uh, recent head-to-heads, there's been two draws. Minus three quarters, the line. Um, we're minus three quarters. Brighton's record is not too bad. One to four, drawn three, lost three. Uh, three of the four by uh, two or more goals. Coming for one old draw away at Palace. Fulham, when they're plus three quarters, one not drawn, one lost three. One of the three defeats were by two or more goals. Coming off a two-nil victory at home to Forest. Brighton undefeated in five. You know, they're, they're doing very well, very well. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they get in that Top five, you know, minus three quarters, 198 matches, 64 uh, home, uh, 59 half wins, 75 losses. So, again, you know, you're looking at 94-75 there. So, the value, you know, the re- it's suggesting that the home side are, are going to be strong. However, my rate is suggesting value Fulham. I, I don't it's, think it's great value, but it's not bad value. Well, I've got quite a and they're on the same, I'm, so Sorry, and they're on the same points as well. Yeah, I mean, I got quite excited to begin with when I saw this. Uh, three quarters of a goal line peak. So I'm thinking, do you know what? I should probably take Brighton on again here. Um, as you say, the, the level on points. Now, Brighton do have two games in hand, but, you know, this is sixth against seventh, two non-elite teams, should we say, not, not, not the big six or whatever. Yet you're receiving three quarters of a goal. So you'd think, hmm, interested in Fulham here. And, and they got back to winning ways last time out when they registered that good win against Forest. I've delved into this a little bit, Pete. And Brighton, they may only be 5-2-3 and three at home this season. Um, but all of their big wins, the ones got, you know, obtained via margin, all come against sides who seem to play on the front foot in the shape of Chelsea, Leicester and Liverpool. They beat all three of those teams by three goal margins, Pete. That, that's impressive, isn't it? Yes, yes. But... In a way, it kind of plays into Brighton's hands because those are teams that will come at them and then they can hit them on the break with their slick passing intricate moves and counter them. And then I thought, well, Fulham aren't the sort of side that are going to go to the Amex and sit off. They're not going to play like a, a Bournemouth or an Everton and get men behind the ball. Fulham are an offensive side. They're great to watch, but that'll play into Brighton's hands. And when you look at the stats against newly promoted sides, they've gone 7-7-2 and at home in recent seasons. So they hardly lose games in this spot. So I'm not convinced all of a sudden that this Fulham plus three quarters of a goal is such a good bet. I don't, I don't think 
I would want to be taking Brighton minus three quarters. But the fact that those trends suggest that the, the, the game flow will really suit Brighton, stop me from taking Fulham here, mate. Yeah, I don't like to bring up the fact I had three winners last podcast. Three! Yeah, <laughs> Um, but I thought I was quite lucky with the Palace plus half at home to Brighton. I thought Brighton were very unlucky in that game. They're, they're, they're playing some bloody good stuff, aren't they? they? They really are. Yeah, I mean, we all sort of were a bit worried when Potter left and, and De Zerbi came in, or I rate as a coach, but obviously Potter's had a great effect there. Um, and we thought, oh, crikey, Chelsea will be on the up and Brighton will be on the down. Well, it's the, the reverse has happened, hasn't it? Nothing seems to be stopping this Brighton side. Uh, Chelsea, Southampton, talking of, uh, uh, of Graham Potter. Uh, recent head-to-heads, it's been a close match-up, this. Uh, Chelsea have won three, there's been two draws, Southampton won two. Minus one and a quarter goal, the handicap is. When minus one and a quarter goals, Chelsea's record reads one, six, drawn three, lost one. Five of the six were by two or more goals, coming for one old draw away at West Ham. Southampton, when plus one and three quarters, one naught, drawn two, lost five. Three of the five were by two or more goals, coming for a two-one defeat at home to Wolves. Poor defeat, that really. Really. Southampton lost nine of the last ten. They're in some very poor form. Um, you know, you can see why that why the, that manager had to go. Uh, minus one and a quarter, eighty three matches, thirty seven uh, clearances, twenty one half losses, twenty five losses. So pretty even, really. Slight value Chelsea on the ratings, but when you look at Chelsea, though, it's quite unbelievable to think. You know, we're over halfway through the season, and there's. There's four London sides above them. Yeah, crazy, especially when you're factoring how much money they've spent, Pete. And I'm I'm a little bit torn here at the moment because I rushed in uh, last weekend and, and I've got a bit of Chelsea minus one and a quarter here because I was convinced, you know, if Southampton kept hold of Nathan Jones, that this game was going to go off with Chelsea being minus one and a half goal favourites. So I need to work out if I need to trade out now or just hold it. And we talked about Nathan Jones in the last podcast and how he seemed a bit of a fruit loop. And we can all laugh and joke about the comments he made. But it kind of gives me real concern for Southampton as an organisation here because what makes you think that the same people who appointed Jones are the best judge of characters to appoint the next manager? Because surely in their sort of interview process, those kind of deficiencies in Jones's characters, you, you would hope that they would have questioning techniques that would bring them out. And Southampton seem a little bit of a strange organisation at the moment, Pete. They've just, a little bit of local news here, Pete, they've just banned Grimsby fans from taking inflatable haddocks to the <laughs> FA Cup fifth round game in three weeks. And that's not quite been on the wavelength of, running a football club, is it really? I mean, I don't really know what they think inflatable haddocks will do. And I think the, the Southampton club is sort of in free fall at the moment. Now, what they've got is a trip to a side that have just gone five, six and five under Graham Potter. And I never really sort of fully comprehended this, Pete, until I delved into the stats. After an early flurry of goals, they scored seven and won their first three games under Potter. But since then, their last 13 Premier League games, they've gone two, six and five and have scored just eight goals. Mm-hmm. So for me, with this one and a half line, I'm going to have to get out of it, I think, because it's Southampton or pass for definite if Southampton score. 
All they need is a little bit of James Ward-Prowse magic from a set piece. And then you're into the realms of can Chelsea score three? Well, I ain't backing a side that scored eight in the last 13 games to score three times, Pete. No, no. They're a poor side at the minute, Chelsea, and they're yeah. living a little bit... Now, they've got some really good players and they, they may become more of a cohesive... Yes, I think I think that will be the case. But, can, but can, you, can you trust... Do you want to back them until you've seen that actually happen? I, I don't think you do. No, no. Next, well, crucial game. This is a crucial game. Everton at home to Leeds. Recent head-to-heads, Everton are 1-1, Leeds are 1-1. Minus a quarter goal, the handicap here. Uh, Everton went minus quarter goal, 1-5 draw, 1 loss 4, coming off a 2-0 defeat uh, to their rivals, Liverpool, yesterday. Leeds went plus uh, a quarter, 1-3 draw, 2 loss 5, coming off a 2-0 uh, defeat away at Manchester United. No, at home to Manchester United, sorry. Leeds now not 1-9, in nine, so they really are falling. Minus quarter goal, 545 matches, 226 home, uh, 166 half losses, 153 losses. So roughly uh, 236 away, 226 home. No value in the line. It's a difficult one to call this, but I do fear for Leeds a bit. I do, Pete. And I expect now from, from now until the end of the season, we get some form of baseline for Everton's level of performance. Now, it may not be overly high, of a baseline on the technical aspect of the game. And, and the highs may not be as high in performance levels as under previous bosses. But I sense the lows will be far um, be far higher, if that makes sense. Because I think Sean Dyche will ensure his players always put a shift in. You'll always get a dependable level of performance from them. This line open scratch, but money's come for Everton after the weekend games. Those couple of late goals from Manchester United have really piled the pressure on Leeds here. Now, the one thing I will say, though, Pete, is that away from home to bottom six finishing sides, Leeds have a good record. They've gone 7-1-3 and three since they came back into the Premier League. So, in some ways, those trends suggest that there's value on the road team. But I sense, just like last season, during the running, the Everton home crowd will be fully behind them They've got a manager now that I think they can relate to. Um, Liverpool's a very working-class um, city. And although Frank Lampard's a good guy, um, he's a little bit cosmopolitan, isn't he? Yeah. And I, th- and I think the way Dice, you know, that gravel voice and that sort of hard-working ethic that he has, I think they'll get behind the team a lot here, Pete. And I wouldn't want to be back in Leeds away from home against anybody, to be honest, if I'm not receiving at least half a goal. Forest Man City next, uh, plus one and a half goal, the handicap. When plus one and a half goal, Forest uh, registered a victory this uh, season. That was against Liverpool. And uh, they're coming off a 2 0 defeat uh, at home to Fulham. Manchester City, when uh, minus one and a half goals, 1 7 drawn, 3 lost, 0. 5 of the 7 by 2 or more goals. They'll be playing Arsenal tomorrow. Under two and a half goals has been seen in Forest's last six. Plus one and a half goals, 74 matches, 36 home, 38 away. Marais is suggesting good value matches to City, but that stat of uh, not being many goals in Forest's game could, you know, it's, I think, 50-50 probably, as, as, the, as the odds suggest. Yeah, I mean, we need, probably need to know how City are going to react after that Wednesday night game at Arsenal. They, off the top of my head, Pete, are they RB Leipzig in the week? Yes, uh, uh, yes, I believe that they oh, is are. That, is that this is week? That, that, no, Wednesday the 22nd. So that's yeah. next week. Yeah. 
Yeah, so obviously they're not playing this Wednesday night, are they? Can't play two games in a, in a yeah. night. Um, so, <clears throat> will Pep kind of try and look ahead? That That's my one concern here, if I'm wanting to back City, because there's no way I'm touching Forest, Pete, here. When you look at City's overall trends, 27-4-2 against newly promoted sides, 12-2-1 on the road in that spot, with eight of the wins coming by two or more goals. And the thing that, you know, that stops me in any way back in Forest here. City have scored in every single one of those 15 away games against newly promoted teams. Now, Forest are 5-3-3 at home this season, so they are a bit of a tough out in front of their own fans. But this is a next-level test of their resolve. They will probably have the ball, Pete, for maybe 25% of the game. I, I think... I'll, I'll probably end up back in City here, minus one and a half. But I just want to see how they get on on Wednesday and also um, the team news for this game before I dive in. And I'd probably rather take City minus one and three quarters, knowing that they've got a really strong side out, than backing them ahead of time and getting a slightly better line, to be honest. Uh, Wolves, Bournemouth next. Uh, Wolves have won both of the uh, previous headsets. It's minus three quarters the handicap. When minus three quarters, Wolves' record's good. One six drawn, two lost naught. Three of the six were by two or more goals. Come off that very good 2 1 victory away at Southampton. Bournemouth, uh, when they're plus three quarters, not great. One naught drawn, one lost seven. Four of the seven were by two or more goals. Come off a one old draw at home <clears> to Newcastle. Bournemouth not one in seven. I feel they've been a little bit unlucky, though, in a couple of those games. Well, not unlucky, but. Yeah, They've definitely been competitive. Minus uh, three quarters a goal, 198 uh, matches, 64 uh, covers, 59 half wins, 75 losses. So again, the lean again on the minus three quarters is certainly to the home side. My rate is suggesting value Bournemouth, but uh, I think that Wolves have turned a corner. It wouldn't surprise me if they win this, but I'm not sure they'll cover the handicap. Yeah, and I mean, again, we, we talked last week about margin, didn't we? And, and it's like, what what do you in your sort of gut think is more likely to happen here? Wolves to win by two goals or the, to be a different outcome? And I think, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'm not trusting this Wolves side. You know, a team that scored 17 goals all season to to win a game by two goals. And Bournemouth had a great result last time out in Eddie Howe's return to the South Coast. But that line has held thanks to Wolves' great win at Southampton. I thought the you know if they hadn't have come from behind against Southampton, I think this line would have been minus a half, to be honest. Key stat though for me, Pete here, which makes me want to lean heavily towards Bournemouth. His bottom half sides win just 50% of games at home to newly promoted teams who finish in the bottom six. So it isn't a done deal that teams newly promoted that struggle get blown away in this spot. Wolves have won three of the five meetings of the sides, but only one of those games saw Wolves win by more than one goal. And if you remember back in the day when Wolves were a much better side, they still weren't able to to beat the Cherries comfortably. So, yeah, it, for me, it's Bournemouth or pass, mate. Saturday tea time, Newcastle, Liverpool. Uh, I mean, uh, I'll just go through the head-to-heads. Recent head-to-heads, Newcastle 1-1. There's been two draws. Liverpool have 1-3. Minus quarter-goal handicap. I looked at this and when it opened a couple of weeks ago, I thought, oh, that's a bit strange. But obviously, 
Liverpool have got Real Madrid on Tuesday, which they're going to be putting all their eggs <coughs> into that basket. Minus quarter goal, Newcastle's record reads 1-7, drawn three, lost naught. But I would perceive that the teams that they're facing are not probably of the calibre of Liverpool. Come off a one-all draw uh, away at Bournemouth. Liverpool went plus a quarter goal. Not many matches. They've only played nine in the last seven. Obviously, this will be against better opposition. Uh, they won one, drawn four, lost four. And they're off a 2-0 victory at home to Everton. Newcastle not lost in 17. Minus a quarter goal, we said before, 5-4-5. Two two six uh, wins, hundred sixty six uh, half losses, hundred fifty three losses. So again, eighty uh, two hundred thirty six away, two hundred twenty six home. Very good value, Liverpool. But I, I'm I'm simply not going to take it purely and simply because they're playing on the Tuesday night. Fully agreed, Peter. I remember sitting here probably a year, eighteen months ago, and we had a Newcastle v Crystal Palace game, and we were debating. Palace plus a quarter of a goal for this game. And now it's the same pricing when hosting Jurgen Klopp's side. And it's a bit of a draw. Yeah, and and draw is the the, the word you use there as well. (laughs) Yeah, it's, um, I think, I think there's a huge amount of team news priced into this line. There has to be. But... I don't know if you know this, Pete, and I I only really realised this when I just quickly scanned through all the leagues here. Newcastle have picked up points in more games than any team in English football this season. Wow. They've only lost once. No other team, every other team has lost at least twice in all of the football leagues. And so they are resilient no matter who they play against any lineup. So in some ways... This this line, a standalone game against a weakened Liverpool side, is very valid. And Jurgen Klopp, if he selects a weakened side, and it's the Tuesday night, isn't it? You say they play round. Yes, yes. So this is five thirty Friday yes. night. If they fall behind, is he even going to take some of his big guns with him to to stop him from dipping into the pot to say give Salah? 20 minutes and he's not fully warm and, you know, you could pick up an injury like that or... I'm not convinced he'll even take some of his big guns to this game because they're they're so far behind. Now, they may look at this game in, in a slightly different way and say, well, we're nine points behind Newcastle, are in fourth and a game in hand. Win this. We've got a potential to be three. And then they look and say, well, there's only Brentford, Fulham and Brighton. They'll probably back themselves to get above them over 16 games. I'd want to see the team sheets, Pete, before I bet this game, if I was looking to take Liverpool. But I'm not convinced the likes of Mo Salah and that will be there. No, I mean, I mean, what do you think of the, the, game, the tie against Real Madrid? What's your thoughts on it? I think Real Madrid will win. Yeah, I do as well. I, th- I, think, I think that the problem with the Spanish league is obviously that they... they you know they're not going to win the league. I don't think Real Madrid. So what they'll do, they'll you know this will be their main thing, won't they? They'll they'll rotate, and this will be their main concentration. Obviously, it will be Liverpool's main concentration yeah. as well. But but I just feel that Real Madrid just might have too much for them. Yeah, I mean, we we see the continental leagues actually help their teams more. They'll let them play on a Friday night, or they'll, yes. they'll, they'll move a game to yes. give them extra yes. rest ahead of big games. Whereas the Premier League, driven completely by money. 
No, you're playing at 5.30 Saturday night. Mind you, though, uh, what, what date is it? It's the 18th that Real Madrid are, are playing 8 o'clock Saturday evening. <laughs> oh, are they? All right, I'll scrap that. Scrap that idea. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, Real Madrid are at home, though, so it's, yeah. a, it's a slight... I don't know whether that makes any difference, really. But... Well, they'll be home by half 10, won't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, Man United-Leicester next. This is on the Sunday. Uh, minus one goal handicap. Um Man United's had the better of it. They won four. There's been two draws. Leicester won one. United went minus one goal. One four draw and five lost one. That's not a great record, really, when you're minus one goal. Only two of the four games were by two or more goals. Come for two nil victory away at Leeds. Leicester, when they're plus one, one not drawn, two lost eight. Six of the eight were by two or more goals. Coming off an excellent 4-1 victory at home to Spurs. Man United only lost one of their last ten. Minus one goal handicap, 262 matches, 101 home, 68 push, 93 away. My rating's suggesting good value, Leicester, but I, I, I'm not going to take it. I think... I think that could have been, you know, that, that that was a great win Leicester had last week. But I think United should should win this one comfortably. Yeah, I'm I'm actually against you, AP. I quite like the looks of Man United here. I think they look a bit cheap to me. Is it a trap? Who knows? The thing that makes me want to back United here, under Brendan Rodgers, Leicester have gone just 2, 3 and 12 away to top six. Sorry, top half finishing sides. Um. Well, that could be top six, apologies. Either, either way, they're poor in this spot. Now, here's a stat for you, Pete. I've been doing a lot of stats work this week. In those 17 games I've just referenced, Leicester have scored 19 goals. So that's quite a good record, you might think, at face value. Eight of those goals, so eight of their 19 away to sort of top six finishing teams, have come in two trips to Man City. That's incredible in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. You, take, you strip those out. Now, I know you can't strip those out in some ways. They've only scored uh, 11 in 13 games. In, sorry, in 15 games away to top six finishing sides. And outside of those games, they've only scored more than once in an away game to a top six finishing side. Only at Solskjaer's Man United and David Moyes' West Ham. I, I think they perform... Poorly in this spot, Leicester. I would take a little bit of United minus one here. Uh, finally, uh, Spurs against West Ham. And, and this is a, a line, you know, talk about traps. Minus a half a goal. Spurs uh, against West Ham. Recent head-to-head. Spurs have won four. There's been two draws. West Ham are one one Minus half a goal. Uh, Spurs record reads 1-4. Drawn one, lost five. Coming off a 4-1 defeat uh, away at Leicester. West Ham, when they're plus half a goal. 1-4. Drawn one, lost five. Coming for one old draw at home to Chelsea. West Ham just won one of their last ten. So not great form, but... I, I, you know, there's sort of shoots of sort of recovery there, though, it, it, despite the fact. Uh, minus half goal, 269, 125 home, 144 away. Good value Spurs. I, I, I can't, I'm, I'm baffled by this line. Well, they haven't got a midfield, Pete. That, that's the problem. They've, they've literally got no midfield. I mean, I think Oliver Skip's going to play tonight into against AC Milan. Um, and this is all on injuries and team news, to be honest. I think it'll be a proper entertaining game. Real old school London derby. They were beaten 4-1 last week at Leicester. And now they travel to AC Milan tonight. Could be a Valentine's Day massacre, maybe at AC Milan. Oh, no, I just wanted to get that frame in there. <laughs> that, that, AC Milan, that AC Milan can massacre anybody at the minute. 
The thing that stops me from diving in a little bit on West Ham here, because this line has trended down from minus three quarters to minus a half, so that's put me off back in West Ham to a start. Under Moyes, they've gone six, three and 20 away to top six finishing sides already this season. They've lost at Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal, and I've thrown in Liverpool there and put LOL after it. But, you know, you could can still consider Liverpool have been a top six quality side on the day. Money's, money's come against Spurs, I think, rather than from West Ham. It's dangling for me to take West Ham, uh, sorry, Spurs minus a half, just based on the trends, like you say. But if they're having Glenn Oddle and Mickey Hazard play centre midfield for them, Pete, against West Ham, which it could be, if they have any more injuries, I can't I can't take them. Because in, in the heat of a London derby, what you need is a, a good, strong, physical midfield. And I'm not sure Spurs will have that. And they could get, out-battled in that department against West Ham because we know how physical a Moy side is. Um, so, yeah, it's, although everything's flashing and telling me to back Spurs, I don't think I can get there. No, it's, it's uh, well, I, I, funny, funny uh, set of fixtures, really. I think I see some very good value. I see good value opposing Arsenal in both their games. I see good value backing City in both their games. Obviously, very good value Liverpool, but, you know, the circumstances, good value Spurs, the circumstances. I'm going to be very boring here and I'm going to go, I, I, I'm going to go ultra cautious and I'm going to go Manchester City off scratch away at Arsenal. Oh, yeah. That yeah. doesn't surprise me, Pete. I, th- I think that's a good bet. I, I, I just, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I think if, you're a, if you want to be adventurous, you could back Manchester City outright in that game. Crikey, I'm scrolling up and down here, Pete, because like you, there's a lot of... There is good, there's good value around, isn't there? If you were to bet, that it will be interesting. In fact, what we, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll keep my eye out and, and I'll keep my eye out on the Arsenal-Man City game, the Aston Villa-Arsenal game, the Forest-Man City game, uh, the, the Spurs game, the, the, the Leicester, Leicester good value at Manchester and Liverpool good value. I'll keep my eye out on that and see what, what happens there. Yeah, I think it's almost the case where you probably look to split your stakes down and, and go yeah. a little bit wider afield. I can't believe I'm going to do this, but he's gone. Nathan Jones has gone, so I'm going to take Southampton, Pete, plus one and a quarter goals away at Chelsea. Whoa. I'm just I'm going to trust a new manager lift or an old manager gone, we didn't like you anyway, lift and bounce. And if Southampton score, Pete, which they're always capable when they've got sort of James Ward-Prowse in there, um, you know, a little bit of magic, I'm going to take Southampton plus one and a quarter away at Chelsea. The bottom team in the league, Peter. Only a brave man that does that. But, you know, it can't be... They can't be any worse, can they? No, they no, no. And any manager will get some form of lift. So, yeah, I'm going to take Southampton plus one and a quarter. Now, let's have a look at, uh, at what we've got. I'm just uh, me uh, look, looking at this. Let's have a look at what we've got coming up so we can say when we're doing the next podcast. I can't I can't quite. It's a funny, funny season, this is, isn't it? Because it's, it's, it seems to last forever and a day. And it's that damn World Cup, Peter. Yes, yeah, there is. Yes, it's, there's, there's there's fixtures next week, isn't there? There's one. Yeah, there is, but it's not a full fixture list, is it? Is it? There must be some. Is, is, yeah, not the FA Cup, is it? No, uh, it could be. I don't know. Twenty fourth to the twenty sixth. There's eight fixtures. Uh, 
Uh, is it World Club Cup? <laughs> I think it is, isn't it? Mind you, the Arsenal are playing Everton and Liverpool are playing Wolves on the 1st of March. But obviously Arsenal and Everton are playing. We won't cover those games. Where are they playing? Oh, God knows, Peter. I can't work out this fixture list. No, no. What we'll do, we, we won't. We'll cover next week's gate matches next week, and the week after, there's two matches. Mm-hmm. You know, on Wednesday the first of March, but we won't be covering those. Yeah. Uh, executive decision there, and uh, we'll cover the matches fourth and fifth, sixth. So we shall be back next week, normal time. Oh, I know why, Peter. The Wednesday the first of March. That's the FA Cup week, isn't it? Ah, right. That's FA Cup night. Right. So. Of Arsenal and Everton and that have they moved those games? Oh no! Oh God knows. Who knows? Anyway, we digress. Yes, it's the the, the FA Cup is next uh, next weekend. Is it? Is it next week? No, two weekends time. I'm getting myself confused. You know, on the Tuesday. Yeah. It's a funny kickoffs, aren't they? Seven fifteen, seven thirty, seven forty. This is because of the they're selling the rights abroad, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they want the Americans to tune in on a Wednesday afternoon. Now the NFL's finished. What's yeah. your opinion on the on the on the the quarterfinal lineup? Uh, no, the fifth um, round lineup. Sorry, fifth round lineup. Well, I've, I'm, I'll just have to get it up very quickly. I can't remember who's in it. Um, I've, I've I've got a feeling. Grimsby might cause a shock at Southampton. Yeah, it's, 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 it's you know, you, you, you can't see really past a Man City Manchester United final at the moment, can you? It's, it's quite, you know, unless they draw each other. Uh, Spurs, obviously, does the year end in one? Oh, no, no, it doesn't. So Spurs <laughs> won't win. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, Pete, if you didn't see Sheffield United get to at least the semi finals. They look a, a solid outfit. Yeah, yeah. Right then, we shall be back next week uh, and um, good luck everybody this, this weekend. Best of luck everybody.